if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, does Hidden Valley Ranch lip balm sound yummy or yucky to you? Ugh. Well, it's a real thing, a partnership with Burt Bees, and it already sold out online. No kidding. Second, did you hear about the new items at Subway? It's sidekick snacks, and you guessed it, they're a foot long. You can get a cinnamon churro, an Auntie Annie's pretzel, or a foot long cookie, and all of them, whoa, whoa. yes, are foot long. I can get a foot long pretzel? Yes. Oh, man. I knew you would love this because you love pretzels. Wow. Yes. Put, put a ton of salt with maybe maybe just, just, just a taste of butter or whatever oil they no put No mustard? Them. Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> no. That's, uh, get, get behind me. That is heresy. It's mustard on a pretzel. I don't know how you all do that. Finally, in the world of food, how do you spell the popular breakfast food, Donuts, Kevin. Donut, uh, that is uh, D O apostrophe N U N U T S. Well, not many people spell it correctly anymore, and it caused this woman to lose out on winning a BMW on Wheel of Fortune. Bagels and croissant bagels and beignets. You know, a lot of shops have stopped spelling it the proper way, and that's uh, that's probably what you're. And now I have to look in here and see what we didn't get, which, oh, my goodness, there it is again. BMW. It's People spell it, the correct pronounce, uh, spelling is D-O-U-G-H, dough, yeah. nuts. Right. D-O-U, but pe- we all spell it D-O-N-U-T-S. Donut. Donut. But how do you say it? It's just like, any, like think of the word dough, D-O-U-G-H. Donut. Donuts. But I just said it both ways and it comes out the same. Right. That's the English language for you. But because it's gotten so popular to spell it D-O-N-U-T-S, mm-hmm. this lady lost out on a BMW. On a BMW. Ouch. Making her quote Homer Simpson, dough! <laughs> Coming up, a true story about a dog saving the lives of everyone on the block. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good Did you hear about the dog in Philadelphia that saved the lives of everyone on the block? Yeah, this is a true story. Kobe the Husky had always been so well-behaved, perfect dog. But all of a sudden, Kobe starts repeatedly, day after day, digging holes in his owner Chanel's front yard. She had no clue why. Turned out there was an underground gas leak that could have caused a huge, ginormous explosion it took workers three days to fix it. They say if the dog hadn't found the leak, yeah. the woman's whole, how, whole house could have blown up. Maybe even her neighbor's houses, too, just from switching on a light. I'm so thankful. Thankful for God. Thank you for my baby boy. Chanel just published a book called The Dog That Saved the Block Before Christmas. <laughs> She's already written a book about Kobe. Do you have any traditions in your family that are kind of quirky, kind of, kind of weird, that just you guys do it? One of the traditions in our family for years has been the non-surprise, surprise birthday party, mm-hmm. where it's a surprise, but you knew it was coming. We actually managed, Taylor, to pull off a surprise party. All right, and a real one. And the person didn't know it was coming. That's like, awesome. Totally shocked. We'll talk about it next. So in our family, we have a tradition of, we call it the non-surprise surprise party. On your birthday, you will be asked by someone in the family to go do a menial task, run some errand, go to the grocery store. And you know, even if you're in the middle of doing something, you go, okay. And by the time you run out and come back, there'll be balloons and a cake and presents will have appeared. And Aww. surprise, we call it the non-surprise surprise party because you know it's coming. 
We pulled off a surprise this past weekend. My daughter, Amber, got a really cool, like, executive-level job, and she moved to another city, and she came home uh, this weekend. Her birthday is not for another month, but we decided, who knows if we're going to see her or not, let's throw her the full-on surprise party. Balloons, cake, presents, happy birthday sign, the whole bit. So when she walked into the house, she's like, Who's, whose birthday? Is, did I miss somebody's birthday? And we're like, no, it's yours. Happy birthday. And she was like, what? Aww. Oh, this is for me? And we were like, yeah. She's like, this is the greatest. Oh, that's so we, awesome. After, so my, my tip to you, even if you have never done the non-surprise surprise party, if you really want to surprise someone, do their birthday a month ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> we got to find out from you in just a minute. There was one very specific specific gift you told us. Last week that you couldn't wait to give her. Oh, did I? I couldn't remember that. Yeah, yeah. you talked about it oh, on the okay. show. Yeah. yeah, oh, it was a big hit. It was a massive hit. Tell you about that next. So we're talking about my daughter, Amber. We we managed to pull off a surprise birthday party for her uh, the other day. And it's it's because her birthday is not for another month. <laughs> so that's how you pull off that surprise. There you go. Oh, but the, uh, you reminded me of the, the big present that we were excited to give her. When we went to Germany last year, my wife and I, we were in the Black Forest. And she had said, can you get me a cuckoo clock? And Tracy was like, I know it's expensive, but can we please... Can we please? It'll be our thing. We'll have one. She'll have one. It'll connect us. We'll be connected by the cuckoo. So <laughs> we got... That says more than you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her entire family's connected by the cuckoo. That's another story for another day. However, um, we got her the clock, and Tracy did not give it to her at Christmas time because she wanted all the presents with the kids to be even Stevens. And she didn't get, we didn't get a cuckoo clock for everybody. If we got a cuckoo clock for everybody, I'd be working until I'm 95 to pay off the cuckoo clocks. So anyhow, we gave it to her on her birthday and she had no idea it was coming and was completely thrilled. Hung it the second she got home, sent us a video of it going off. Awesome. So win-win. Okay. So here's my big question for you and your wife, Tracy, because I know you guys very well and how much you love your kids. When a month goes by and the real birthday comes up, Mm -hmm. will you be able to resist giving her more gifts? I will. Venmoing her money for dinner, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I will. (laughs) But not Tracy. I don't think Tracy will, no. So this is great for Amber. She gets two birthdays. Oh, yeah. uh, I love it. Next year, I'm sure she'll be sending us, you know, texts. Hey, I really enjoyed my pre-birthday birthday last year. How about we do that again? It made me love you more, Mommy. Right. <laughs> That's what she calls Tracy, by the way, when she wants something. Mommy. Yeah, mom, Mommy. Because I noticed I did that. I gave a couple people experience gifts early, like months before Christmas. I got him another gift. Because you felt It was bad. too awkward to go, hey, remember the experience gift I gave you? That's your Christmas present, Remember? So I just gave him something else. That would not have been awkward for me. I would have totally done that. <laughs> I would have been like, hey, Merry Christmas. Remember that thing you did? Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know that feeling when you know someone in a certain industry, so you get the inside scoop? For example, I've told you before on this show that my niece, Alyssa, is a physical therapist. Oh, and yeah, she so you, married a physical therapist. So you know everything going on and behind the scenes. So they taught us one Christmas, we're all sitting around, that pickleball has been phenomenal for business. <laughs> Their bottom line is better than ever right, due right, to pickleball. So right. now I have someone in the biz when it comes to, I have a friend who works for Disney World. 
Walt Disney World. And I learned something. I was today years old that I had no clue I've been doing this wrong my whole life. When people go to Orlando and they go to Disney World, what do they call it? The b- happiest place on earth. The happiest place okay. on happiest earth. Place on earth. I believed it. I would have bet money on it. Nope. Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Disney World is the most magical place on earth. <laughs> and I never knew that until the other day when I was talking to a friend who works for Disney. Isn't that hilarious? I was wrong all these years. I thought it was the happiest place on earth, whether you go to California or Florida. Yeah. Well, you know why it's the most magical place on earth? Magically, all of your money disappears. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> it's all gone. <laughs> that crafty little mouse takes it all. I just blown. I grew up two and a half hours from there in Jupiter. And you didn't know. And I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know either. I was today years old. Okay, something to ponder today. What would it take... To get you to go without your smartphone for 30 days. What would it take to get you to give up your smartphone for 30 days? How about a pile of money? There's a new campaign that'll give 10 people $10,000 each for giving up their smartphone for a full month. Mm. It's from the fancy schmancy yogurt Mm. brand Siggy's. And they say they're doing it because the average person spends 5.4 hours on their phones every day. And they believe in the power of living a simpler life with fewer distractions. Hmm. So if you're interested, you can apply on their website now through (laughs) the end of January. You'll need to write an essay as to why you need a digital detox You'll get a one-month prepaid flip phone to use so you're not without a phone, a three-month supply of yogurt, and a lock box for you to put your smartphone in for a full month. For a whole month. I I would do that for $10,000. Are you kidding me? The comedy that you... Oh, how do you enter? Oh, you do it online (laughs) on your phone. (laughs) I think that's pretty funny. Have you ever been the team mom or or the mom in charge of snacks for your kids' sports teams? That can be tough, keeping everyone happy, keeping them in the snacks that they like, you know, during the game or after the game. Well, wait till you hear what this one woman and the number of snacks she's had to provide this year. It's going to blow you. You're going to be like, oh, my gosh. Doing my kids' soccer team was nothing compared to that. Wait till you hear this story next. So if you've ever been in charge of snack as a parent for your kid's sports team, softball, baseball, soccer, football, whatever, you know it can be tough. Oh, my kid's vegan. My kid can't have gluten. My kid can't have peanuts. And so eventually it's like celery sticks and water. Right. <laughs> what, it, what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they've even done like sitcoms have done entire shows on parents being in charge of the, of the snack. But how would you like to have to supply for your kid's team? 7,500 Uncrustables. That's what? what a woman named Sarah Snyder uh, has had to do. She's the director of sports nutrition for the Baltimore Ravens. And over the course of this season, their go-to fuel up on the sidelines during practice has been peanut butter and jelly Uncrustables. What, what are they, like five? Why are these men, these grown men, eating white bread with peanut butter and jelly. My buddy Joey, who I cycle with all the time in the summertime, that's his go-to. He puts it in the back pocket of his cycling jersey. He'll put a frozen Uncrustable in there and like a couple hours into the ride, it's defrosted and he'll eat it. Because, you know, making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are so difficult. (laughs) This is hilarious to me. Yeah, 7,500 of them. And uh, Sarah also, she said beef jerky, 6,200 sticks of beef jerky, 3,600 snack bars, 
2,850 energy chews, and 1,800 bags of sunflower seeds. That's the only unprocessed food of the whole bunch. <laughs> only they, they might be roasted and tossed in oil. I just wouldn't want to be in that locker room after all these snacks are consumed. That sounds like you would have so many well, problems. They have a phrase in Baltimore, play like a raven. So if you want to eat like a raven, <laughs> there you go. Get yourself an uncrustable. <laughs> <laughs> so because I'm working with uh, SpongeBob Smarty Pants, Taylor Scott, she wanted to know about the uh, the uncrustables that the Baltimore Ravens ate 7,500 of during the regular season, according to the uh, sports nutrition director of the Ravens, Sarah Snyder. And you wanted to know, like, they, they can't be that healthy, or why can't you just make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, boys? Yeah, you can make it out of, like, you know, whole grain bread and... Well, uncrustable, they're, they're natural they're peanut conven- butter. It's the convenience of them. You just put boxes of them on the sidelines on ice right. or whatever. Oh, and, yeah, I get and it. off you go. They're super convenient. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just brought up the nutritional facts for, for exercise during a workout. I can see why these are the favorite among so many people. It's about 200 calories. You got a lot of carbs in there, so it's going to fuel your workout. A little bit of protein. So, yeah, it's not a terrible nutritional choice, especially during a workout to keep you going. So I wouldn't be surprised to see you know, like midway through the game taking on the Chiefs next week. You don't see a bunch of Ravens over there, purple uniforms and purple smiles because they're down in some uncrustables. I just realized uh, Kevin's draw the line because he can mock and judge anything and everyone. But if you judge his Ravens for eating like five-year-olds, you're going to be in trouble and you're going to get called SpongeBob McSmarty Pants SpongeBob live Smarty on the radio. Pants. So therefore, I now know... Do not say anything negative about the Ravens, including their snack choices. <laughs> Could this help reduce how much time your teenager spends on social media? Instagram is introducing new nighttime nudges for teen accounts to limit their time on the app. The new nighttime nudges appear when teens have spent more than 10 minutes on Instagram in places like Reels or DMs late at night. The notice will remind teens that it's late and encourage them to close the app and go to sleep. Teens are going to start to see the notice that says time for a break, followed by the message. <laughs> it's getting late. It's like they become the, the nag. Uh, consider uh, closing Instagram for the night is what the message will say. First, that notification is going to be swiped away in two seconds flat. Mm-hmm. I've seen kids on their phones. And second, teens are over on TikTok or Snapchat anyway. So it's cool that Instagram is doing this, but what about they the should, others? They should call it Insta Mom. Yeah, <laughs> with, with that little it's getting little late. message, and because the whole point of Instagram is to keep you there longer, I bet it's going to say, "Hey, you might might want to consider, you know, like shutting down. You've been on; it's late." But first, here's a link to a celebrity story you don't want to miss. The, it will not be something that yeah. actually wants people to to swipe away or shut it down for the night. Not. Not going to happen. Goes against the nature of the beast. Coming up, ever had a stranger give you the biggest parenting boost? Ever had a stranger give you the biggest parenting boost? Maybe they complimented your kids on your parenting right when you were struggling or feeling exhausted. Well, check this out. Not all heroes wear capes. Marianne was shopping at a Dollar Tree in New Jersey when her two-year-old daughter started a major meltdown because she wanted to be held. Well, Marianne was trying to pay, not keep people waiting in line, super stressed out. And the cashier, Fatima, said, you mind if I pick her up? She picked her up and let the little two-year-old 
do the scanning. It was like she was the toddler whisperer. Totally (laughs) calmed her down. She loved watching scanning the items. Marianne whipped out her phone and the whole video has gone viral because all parents are like, go Fatima, be in the toddler whisperer and jumping in and helping out. Now, today, line to the grocery store, you're going to have every mom with a two-year-old is going to want her (laughs) to be be their cashier, right? (laughs) Do you know a parent who's done something pretty extravagant for their kids recently just because they want them to feel special and they wish they still lived close? We're going to talk about that next. My sister did something the other day that I know all you parents would do the same. She, for the first time in her son's life, he wasn't home for Christmas. And she was devastated. This is is her son, Lance, that she adopted as a baby. And I'll never forget the day I met him at the airport with a bouquet of balloons to meet my little nephew. And so because she loves her son so much, she taught school all week, 25 kindergartners. Finished teaching on Friday, went to the grocery store, went home, stayed up till like midnight making lasagna and all kinds of other treats and foods. And then when her son came home on Saturday, she celebrated Christmas with him. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Middle of January, late January, she, whatever you want to call it. I wonder if she it. left any and decorations up. I think that was like... Too much. That's too a much. Step, yeah, that's a she's step a little too, too type A for that. But yeah, the presents and the food. She did a ginormous brunch and a lasagna dinner. And knowing my sister, there was all kinds of sweet treats. I need to ask her about Aww. that detail. But I just thought that was the sweetest thing. She, she has, is such she have, a loving mom. Did she have Christmas music playing when he walked I in? I bet you she did. <laughs> but yes, parents, your sister, was, I'm not surprised that she went over the top. Like I was that. so jealous because I didn't get to see Lance at Christmas either. And I think I'm really like just as the dumb old aunt, I'm just the aunt. But I had a vivid dream all night long that I was hanging out with Lance, Aww. me and Glenn, and we were laughing and talking, and Aww. I think I missed my nephew. <laughs> it sounds that way, yeah, like a lot. So this story you just shared about your sister celebrating Christmas now <laughs> for her son, who just just managed to make it home. I bet there are tons of families that do that regularly now, because oh, yeah. we're all just so spread out mm-hmm. all over the country. I mean, think of all the relatives yeah. you haven't seen since before Christmas. And you may even still, have, I mean, we still have presents that are unopened in our house for people we haven't seen. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that was me last year. I have memories popping up because everyone in Glenn's family, my husband, everyone got sick. And so we celebrated Christmas in the middle of January mm. last year. Yeah, yeah. I bet it's a, It's just got to be a lot more common now. So how real it's me. is the Taylor Swift effect on the NFL? They have seen a 53% increase in teenage women watching, teenage girls watching the NFL. (laughs) 53%? If they had got the marketing boys together at the beginning of the season and said, how can we increase our viewership among teenage girls by 53%, no one could have come up with an idea. They'd have been like, that's impossible. It can't be done. If, if, If we could figure out how to do that, we'd be geniuses. We'd be millionaires. Right. All they needed to do was get Taylor Swift to start showing up at the games, yeah. and boom, there you go. Did you also hear that the all of football is rooting for the Ravens to oust the Chiefs because they're tired of the Taylor Swift effect? Hmm. They they showed a picture of uh, of Travis getting a touchdown. He does a little heart up towards the suite, 
at, at Taylor, and they're like, he's ruining football. <laughs> Single and so, therefore, they want your Ravens football. to win just to eliminate the Kelsey Taylor. Well, Swift dad effect. named Keith in Connecticut does not want them to win because his daughter, who is seven years old, if the Chiefs are on, will watch the entire game with him hoping that they'll show Taylor Swift. And he says, for him, every time the Chiefs play, it's like the Super Bowl because he gets to watch it with his daughter. Aw, that's sweet. And he said he used to watch the games all by himself, but now his daughter, if the Chiefs are playing, is there for every Adorable. Coming up, have you tried the six-to-one method to save money on your grocery shopping yet? Have you heard yet about the six to one method to save money on your grocery shopping? It's made famous by chef Will Coleman and it's gone viral on TikTok. Now, the idea is that when making your grocery list, you should aim to get six vegetables, five fruits, four proteins, three starches and two sauces or spreads and one fun thing for yourself. Not only is the method saving shoppers money, but it's also introducing diversity to kitchens Mm. and challenging home chefs to make their ingredients stretch across nutritious meals. It's designed in a way to cut costs because when you're shopping in the store, some of the higher ticket items are prepackaged or processed foods. So Mm. if you want to look it up on TikTok, it's the six to one grocery shopping method, and hopefully that'll save you some money. I'll tell you, when you're pursuing a dream, one of the biggest things to overcome is not your own self-doubt. It's not uh, like climbing the ladder. It's overcoming the naysayers, right? People who are telling you like, why would you be able to do that? We're going to share a story in a minute. And I think you, especially, Taylor, are going to be really inspired by what happened to this woman. Uh, it's somebody you've mentioned you admire before and how she overcame some pretty big obstacles. We'll talk about it next. OK, so there are some people that will come into your life and and I don't I don't think they mean they, they don't mean you not well, but they do not well in your life. And they're, they're the people that are naysayers with your dream. I, I had them in, in my life. I know you did, Taylor. You tell that story of. You had a, a vocal coach, right? When you, mm-hmm. you thought you wanted to get into radio? Yeah. And, and yeah, I paid for private speech lessons. And at the end, he's like, what did you learn? And I said, well, I have a long way to go. And I minored in public relations. And he goes, that's a good idea. That you would pursue that yeah, rather, instead than, of radio. rather than radio. Yeah. Okay. Well, there is a woman who uh, you've expressed that you, you you think she's pretty pretty cool, pretty good actress. That She had some naysayers in her life. And it's uh, Hannah, I want to get her name right. Is it Waddingham? Uh, she was on Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. I love yeah, yeah. her. She she's played, so talented. She played, yeah, the owner of the, the soccer team. On, Got her on start on Broadway. Ted Lasso. Yeah, but when she was in school, she had a, people would make remarks. Like she had one teacher that remarked on her appearance, told her that she did not have the right appearance to pursue acting. Wow. Um, she was in a, as she describes it, a pretty prim and proper British school. Um, and they told her that uh, she did not have, couldn't cut it academically. She should pursue something else. Ouch. And yeah, yeah. She had all of these people all along telling her uh, that she Man. couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. Um, yeah. So. No wonder she was bawling during her Christmas special. Yeah. Giving so accolades to her parents. She and- kept pursuing her dreams despite all the naysayers, all mm-hmm. the unsupportive teachers telling her this isn't for you. This isn't for you. You don't have the right look. You don't dance right. You don't sound right. And she's wildly successful. Now. Uh, yes, that's so cool. And by the way, that moment during her Christmas special, uh, her mom was an opera singer. And mm-hmm. so she grew up going to that same place where she was doing her Christmas special, watching her mommy 
And that night the roles were reversed and mom and dad were in the audience cheering on their daughter. Yeah. It was such yeah. a beautiful moment. So what I found, and I mean, she went from that to being one of the stars of a, one of the biggest TV shows of all time. Yeah. If you have those people in your life that are naysayers, you got to put them in the proper perspective. And like I did with my life, I just let them fuel my dream. I was like, all right, now I've now I've got something else other than my own ambition. I'm going to prove them wrong. So, uh, man, I love that story, though. Way to go, Hannah. I'm hoping that our conversation today about uh, this actress who's on Ted Lasso and how she had all these naysayers her entire life and still went on to star in one of the biggest TV shows of all time. I'm hoping maybe that story is connecting with someone today who's feeling that, who's like, man, I just want to do whatever it is your dream is. And you seem like all you're hitting is roadblocks and obstacles. Sometimes those roadblocks and obstacles are just negative people giving you feedback that is just not what you need, not what you wanted to hear. But there is something else to all of that, too. People giving you that negative feedback or whatever they and and who knows, maybe they do. Maybe they had something awful happen to them in their life and they can't stand the idea that someone else is pursuing their dream. But what whatever it is, there may be a little grain of truth in what they're sharing with you. And you might be able to learn from it and overcome something that is, in fact, keeping you from taking that next step to pursuing your dream. So I uh, want to encourage you today, like if that is you, keep after it, right? Don't don't give up because someone tells you like some I had an uncle told me, who's going to put you on the radio? Who's mm. going to make you a DJ? So Literally, I mean, he said it with like a real mocking tone. Wow. Well, yeah, that so was one sorry. way to look at it. But the other way to look at it was like, OK, I'm proving him wrong. I'm the, you know what I said to him? He goes, who's going to put you on the radio? I said, I don't know, but I'm going to find somebody. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. That's it, awesome. Yeah. It turned out, uh, turned out pretty okay.